1: Hello, welcome to episode 16 of the Lee podcast. As always, I'm Matt Braun, and I'm joined by another individual here, uh, Reveal Yourself.
0: Hey everyone, Super Carlson here. Talk about these twins who have lost all but lost up the AL Central Division with, what, 9 to go? 13-11 games, so
1: here we are. You are, uh, alright, starting off, we're testing fate immediately, we Are already going to do that? <laughs> yep. Just, we have we have learned nothing from history or anything. We're just automatically, hey, they, are, they got the division. Let's just, why are we even playing the rest of the game? We've been
0: doing this all year. We've
1: been doing this all year. Let's not pretend it hasn't been locked up since May, you know. Come on. I will, I will like to dispute that. I have not said a damn thing regarding that ever, if if you would like really? to check the ledger. I have not. I, I swear on my life, I have made a very conscious effort not to be like, even in May when it was like, what, an 11 and a half game lead. I was like, okay, this is nice. But I, I am very self-conscious about this. I know it's, like, oh, kind of, of ridiculous, but... Yeah, still. yeah, yeah.
0: Every one of my uh, twin daily, like, Wednesday posts, or about whatever I read about, I've, like, sprinkled in. You know, with this division locked up, and, like, the first four comments are all coming at me, like, this isn't... Nope, uh It's pretty funny, <laughs> but it's continuous, and I've believed well, the whole time, so... Here I am. Well, you're more you see, optimistic than I am. What are you talking about?
1: I'm I'm optimistic, but I'm also I I very much believe in fate and uh, tempting uh, the, the baseball gods, whether they exist or not. I've it's I guess you could call it superstitious. It makes no sense whatsoever, but I just am. I don't I don't know. I, I can't do it.
0: I don't think I am any. Um, I don't think I have any impact on how the Minnesota Twins and the Cleveland Indians will finish this division. I just don't think I'm involved in any way, so I can say what I want here.
1: But you're certainly true. This is more of a mental thing for myself. It does, I know it makes no sense whatsoever, but it just is what it is. I think you're with half of the state there, though, so it makes sense. Yeah. Well, I'm a I'm a bit more. I you know I, I read the the comments when I post any of my previews, and it's always like there's no way they're going to win this series it, without fail. It's always that. Uh, and I'm not quite at that level. Hell, I even predicted they'd take two out of three, and they actually did that uh, for this Cleveland series. I suppose I'm getting a bit ahead of myself, but uh, I'm I'm somewhere in between of just being really cocky, like we want the Yankees, and uh, there's no the, uh, this team will find a way to choke out of it. I'm somewhere in between. I guess cautiously optimistic is kind of the way I'm taking. It. Just I take it one day at a time. How about that? Let's go with that.
0: I'm either all in or all out, so there's no in between for me. Let's let's go. <laughs> Jeez. All right.
1: Well like you know uh, life is life isn't that black and white, there's gray areas. I don't know. <laughs> I've never found it. All right. So let's get
0: started here. <laughs>
1: well let's think, yeah, yeah, let's actually talk about this. So we got a, a, a pretty hefty episode. And now we'll be talking about the week in review, of course. we are talking about some of the specific things that happened this week, talk about Jose Barrios we start Gratterall, who it was pointed out to me by Cooper that we have barely talked about him, so it feels like a good time to talk about him. We'll be talking about Byron Buxton, talking about Randy Dobnak, talking about uh, the Ronald Torres' promotion and the Alex Kirilov uh, staying-at-home non-promotion. We'll be talking about uh, Jorge Alcala being promoted. We'll be talking about some uh, injured players returning, talk about some newly injured players and some injured players not returning yet. Have some fan questions, of course. Uh, As always, the Martin Perez question, my favorite one. Unfortunately, no minor league talk because nothing happened because the minor leagues are over with now, which is uh, tragic. Uh, We still have it up, but, you know, it's only in name only. We're not actually doing anything. And then looking ahead, the two series that will happen this week. We're coming down to it. There's only four series left in the regular season. It's kind of wild, actually.
0: That's pretty crazy, yeah. And despite us yeah. listing off, there are about 13 to 14 things we're going to talk about. This won't be a four-hour podcast. Some of these things will go by quick. We've got a lot of stuff <laughs> to talk about here.
1: This will be <laughs> a, an approximately 87-minute podcast uh, with about mm, 30, se- 30 seconds either way. Uh, that is my prediction. Huh. I like it. So, usually.
0: Uh, usually so I'll take the play series. Yeah, start the week in review. Well, starting off, the Twins. Well, we said – a minimum here. Our goal for the Twins this week was 1-5. I went back and listened to that part. And they did it. Just <laughs> off here. Went 1-2 versus Washington. The return of the great Twins second baseman, all-time favorite player from my Brian Dozer. And he got in the game, got out like five times in the series. But hey, he was good as the Twins, so whatever. <laughs> the Twins won the first game 5-0. Jose Barrios did his thing. He was able to come back. After... um you know, just a couple months of struggling and show that he can be, hopefully, a number one starter in the playoffs, and that's likely where he'll end up, but we can get into that later, but with our extreme lack of starting pitching. But anyways, uh, next two games, Twins did not win. Martin Perez went out there for game two, and you know, he's not a player, but sadly, he did not come <laughs> away with the, with the win. Second game, or the third game, the second loss was the return of Kyle Gibson, went four and two-thirds. Five earned runs, about six total, four walks, just a bad game for him. Coming back off of his sickness, we couldn't feel his legs, and it was just not feeling good at all. And didn't look good whatsoever. Bats did alright in the series, but didn't didn't win, uh, not a series, I guess. And who he went in expecting, and Rockwell Billy kind of showed that with his lineups. He didn't have, uh, the main guys, Kepler, no Cruz, really, you know, the main five, I said, it was just, The lineups were crazy, and it just kind of looked like he was preparing for the Cleveland series, which move on his part because what happened in the Cleveland series, Matt?
1: Well, 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 we can get to that. I still want to talk about Washington (laughs) series a little bit. Uh, So, yes, the first game, I thought, uh, in all honesty, I thought that first game was probably one of the best-played games they've had all year. Just on all parts, pitching, obviously, you throw a shutout. Uh, hitting uh, Mitch Garver at a clutch home run, and then they added on late. And then uh, fielding was outstanding the entire day. So it was a it was a nice game, uh, especially against. It's nice to always play good games against good teams, which is I know that's like a very standard, like stereotypical thing to say. Like, oh, you got to play well against the good. Like that's something Burt Blair would say, which kind of makes you self-conscious. Yeah. But it's like it, it it's also true at the same time. If you play good, if you play well, chances are you're going to do well. And they did that. Next two games, obviously, fell off a little bit. Uh, Bad starts immediately kind of sunk that. Uh, Defense was tough at times. The offense was fine. But when one and a half to two of the phases aren't going to work, then your offense really can't make up too much. So that was unfortunate. But also, like you said, it seemed like uh, they could have pushed it and had some, you know, a better chance of winning either game two or game three. But when you literally send out Ryan Lamar as your starting center fielder, you're not going to win too many games. Uh, because, of course, they're kind of saving guys like Kepler as they're banged up, saving them for the more important series just coming up afterwards. So it was uh, a play for the long term, but it's always kind of rough in the short term actually sitting there and watching that game like, wow, this is not a major league outfield. This is, uh, wow.
0: You're telling me Lamont laid Ian Miller and uh, Ryan Lamar didn't get you excited out there? Come on. You, you know so.
1: what? You know what? Hot take, they really don't. Really don't. What? Wow. So
0: I mean, you're saying I if I would have told you in May that that would have been the Twins' outfield, you would have been disappointed. I don't understand.
1: Well, I see. There's. Uh, it would have been one way or the other. I'd have been like, "Wow, everything went horrible," or it would be like, "Wow, everything went so incredibly well that we're already saving for the it's playoffs really like either, a though. month beforehand."
0: <laughs> it was kind of really, somewhat in of between. injuries. Yeah, it was in between. Yeah. It, was just, it wasn't, you know, because things were going well. Everyone on the team, you know, pulled yeah. something or it was just not feeling well. So, overall,
1: yeah. I mean, it was a, not the best way to see those guys. <laughs> it was a selective playing, I, I suppose, would be it. Could, we could push him if we want to, but uh, as, as my father would like to say, yeah. it is a marathon, not a sprint. So, there's no need to do so. so uh, wise man, he is. Anyways, moving on to the next yeah. series, uh, we had two of three at Cleveland, the last regular season series against Cleveland, and the first game immediately got rained out, uh, which, uh, in all honesty, they never should have started that game. I'm not sure why they started that game. Well, when it was the mother of all storms coming in that night, they got, uh, what, two innings in, and then they had to call it. Uh, liter- it was funny because uh, – and the Polanco at-bat, the last at-bat of the game, uh, he struck out. And the pitch right before, you could see the guy of the grounds crew coming out, opening up the back door behind home plate while the the game was still going on. Like, hey, we need to stop this. Oh, shit. Uh, hey, guys, we need to stop this. Uh, we need to get the tarp out. So uh, uh, Jake Rizzi was burned. Aaron Savali was burned. And they had to play a doubleheader the next game. And the Twins ran a double bullpen game. And it worked. Holy crap! Did it ever work? The first game, Devin Smeltzer went three innings, did uh, some stuff de- to load in two outs to save all the runs. So he did fine, went three innings. Uh, but everyone after him, you know, Zach Lattell, Tyler Duffy, uh, Sergio Romo, and Taylor Rogers to end the game, uh, throwing up zeros, no earned runs in that game out of basically the entirety of the bullpen, which was impressive. Polanco had the only runs of the game uh, when he uh, performance-enhancing drugged a two-run home run. Out uh, to center field, <laughs> or, or at least that's, a, that's no what that's what my thought, I suppose. I, hey, you know, when you hang a changeup, you can only blame it on performance anti drugs. That's really it, all you can do. So that was the first game, fun game and exciting game. Uh, game two, kind of in the same vein. It was a uh, Lewis Thorpe, my son, who I love very much, made that start. It did not start too well for him. He had he allowed uh, a few runs, was walking everyone and their mother, and then somehow struck out the side. Uh, and got out of it with only two earned runs. Not sure he did it. Did it? Got a few more outs after that, but really didn't do too well. Kind of kept them in the game, but uh, wasn't wasn't the best. Uh, bullpen came in, did its job. This was the second wave. You know, guys like Bruce Star Cody Stasiak, uh, Trevor May. They were the guys who were pulling their uh, weight, but they did it. Uh, the bats came up clutch. I I'm gonna be honest, I wasn't expecting really at times. It was kind of heading towards, like, oh, they might not win this game. Then suddenly Nelson Cruz a two-run home run, make it a one-run game, like, okay. And then they just completely ambushed them in the top of the eighth uh, with five runs in literally eight pitches. It took them literally eight pitches to score five runs with a uh, Polanco run-scoring double. Uh, and then with the bases loaded, Miguel Sano hit a grand slam, which uh, we all mean to death, and I still think we're meaning it to this day. I – Man, I saw some really good edits. The Titanic theme, I saw. I think my favorite was uh, Heroes by David Bowie. That was a good one. I really (laughs) did like. Uh, But just a great one. Uh, An outstanding game really, you know, it was a gut punch, pretty much to say. Because Cleveland needed to win. Uh, Honestly, they probably needed to sweep. At least needed two of three and instead only walked away with one. Uh, A large part due to that grand slam, which shut it, and then Trevor May came in and melted faces. So an outstanding day. That was all in one day. Their magic number dropped four. Uh, then the third game happened Sunday. That was today. It wasn't that great of a game. It was the most disrespectful lineup I've ever seen in my life, where it was like three actual starters and just a bunch of packups. With Randy Dobnek on the mound, they still almost won. They did not win, but they almost won. And so they ended up taking two of three from Cleveland, which I would just say was a great test.
0: I mean, yeah, I think definitely the Indians had to come in and, I mean, sweep just to, keep, to have a chance in the Central. I mean, I think it's locked down. Roy Smalley tweeted out this stat today: the Twins have a four and a half game lead. The Twins play 13. The Twins have 13 games left. The Indians have 12. If the Indians go 11 and one over the next 12, you know, to end the season, the Twins would have to go seven and six to lose the division. So, I guess I like the odds at this point. I don't know about you, but that, that's, that's pretty good.
1: Not to mention that's seven and six against the likes of Kansas City, Detroit, and Chicago, yeah. which is uh, more than doable. So yeah, that I was so. that's more mm-hmm. to it, it. It's a it, I mean that's what I've saying. It's just a waiting game at this point, and uh, those two wins really all they needed to do was win one. I thought just to do it two was enough, and take two. Now Cleveland's in a horrible spot. Not just for the division, but they're fighting for any playoff chance. They're looking outside of the wild card right now. They, uh, they're they not sitting too pretty. They may miss the playoffs entirely.
0: And that it would be. I mean, I hope they miss the playoffs. I don't want to see Cleveland in the playoffs, honestly. I'd rather see Oakland or Tampa Bay. I don't know if that's what everyone else thinks, but I don't want to see Cleveland in the playoffs. So I hope they miss it. I, I mean, they probably honestly, the anyway,
1: but you know. Well, yeah. Oakland, Oakland and Tampa Bay would be a lit wildcard game. I'm not even lying. I would love that game to death.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> I think, I think we talked about like, this before, actually, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Just like
0: thing that both teams, get like, no, well, limited attendance, and have like no money, but they are competing in the playoffs, cause why not? Yeah.
1: It was more just like having the national broadcast on them, and they just don't know mm-hmm. who anyone is. So it's like, and the Rays first baseman, G-Man. Ch- what?
0: Who is? Who is that? G-Man. Ch- Never heard G-Man of
1: him. Man Choi. Yeah, Choi, uh, uh, first baseman. He's like, oh man, oh man, this is bad. Uh,
0: I, I hope it happens.
1: I, I want it to happen. A's and Rays. I I would love it. Will it be Charlie Morton versus a bullpen game? <laughs> are they, or are we gonna get Homer Bailey <laughs> and or Mike Fiers starting a playoff game? Is that what we're gonna get?
0: I just want to see it. Yeah, bullpen game opener, whatever. Just bring in modern They've done it before.
1: Why not? They've do done it, it before. Yeah, they did. It uh, did it not work roll too roll well for day. them. Nah, uh, yeah, it's whatever. So well. uh that was how that week went. Got some more specific things. Of course, as I mentioned, the magic number is now nine. So any combination of nine, the uh, twins wins, slash Cleveland losses, that's all you need. Uh and that's from what it It's just nine with, uh wait, you so the Twins have 13 games left and the Indians have 12. I believe that's how it is. Uh, uh, it
0: is, yep, 13-12, Twins-Indians.
1: Okay. All right, and the Indians get, uh, off the top of my head, they get the Phillies for three, they get Washington for three, they get Detroit for three, so they're going to just destroy them, and then there's one other series they get. I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's a, uh, you know, Phillies and Mets. they're not going to be pushovers.
0: So that, that might be interesting for them. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. I mean, Cleveland definitely doesn't have the easy schedule the Twins have to end it. They've got to play people who actually need to win. So need to win just as much as the Indians. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do. And hopefully they don't go 11-1. But even if they do, I like the Twins' chances because it's
1: looking good. <laughs> it, it is looking good. So talking about some specific things, uh, one of the – Big things everyone was worried about was Jose Barrios because in August he was not good at all. He really struggled and he had only had one start this week. It was planned to start Sunday, but they moved him back. Uh part of the major disrespect is to throw out Randy Dobnak against uh <laughs> Shane Bieber and actually Dobnak didn't pitch too badly, but uh, anyways, talking about Jose Barrios, he looked much, much better in his start against the Nationals. Seven shutout. Uh really uh he actually only had four swinging strikes the entire day, which is very low for any standards. Uh, I think only four strikeouts total. But just the command, it was just night and day, only one walk. He was consistently hitting the zone, not just with his fastball, but with his uh, breaking ball. I think that was one of the big things that was uh, giving him fits, was just not getting the, the breaking ball over so then when it ever came, guys could just spit on it because they knew it wasn't going to be in the zone. So the fact that he was able to then do that, I think, helped and the Nats are a good offense. You should uh, not take them for granted. That was uh, an impressive performance. I'm pulling up because I saw his baseball savant uh, exit velocity numbers, and I just remembered it now, and it was pretty good. So uh, keep in mind that average exit velocity is about 91 miles an hour or so. I think it varies, but about 91. And Jose Barrios' average exit velocity that night on all pitches was 81.2, which is hmm. uh – that is really low. Uh, and, you know, I know we mean pitch to contact, but he really was just pitching to contact, getting soft contact. And that'll play. That'll work. Yeah. I
0: mean, it, it, it was one of those games, you know, he finally, like, showed off against a good team after his very good start still the stretch were against, like, the White Sox or the Tigers, or just an example. But he finally was able to show off again. I mean, just pitch well against a great team like the Nationals, and that was encouraging because – be, with Pineda suspended, the main question about the training machine would be, can Jose Barrios lead a playoff rotation? And if he can pitch like he did against Astros, the question is, yes. And the velocity, uh, we talked about that as his like main um, problem when he was struggling, but I don't think there's any doubt that it's back. He's hanging around 94 now, 90, 93, 94 consistently. And he's actually at his highest velocity for a month all season. The second highest was June, and during that month he held a 2.06 ERA, so if he can get the velocity maintained, he seems, I mean, that's obviously when he's on, so he seems like he's back, so it's good to see,
1: definitely, especially when we needed him
0: the most, so pretty
1: good. Definitely, yeah, especially with the Pineda suspension going to the playoffs, just getting getting him back and having another trustworthy starter, now you're kind of squinting and you're like, okay, we got like two now, maybe, so it'll still be rough (laughs) as far as that goes, but better. Certainly better.
0: Yeah, I mean he's going to be the one, if not the most important player, than one of them for sure on the pitching side, and obviously the offense is going to lead them in the playoffs. But to win any playoff series, or playoff games for that matter, they're going to need Barrios to step up big time, just like he did against Washington.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. So. so hope he continues it. Hope he has another good start against the White Sox on Monday tomorrow. Uh moving on, we're gonna talk about uh one of my favorite names, uh incredible name to say, Bruce Gratteral, uh everyone's new favorite player, and you know just just because of the fact that he can throw uh what he hit, hundred and one the other day, what was that? You know, just casually. He is like one oh one point nine. I know one oh one point nine, okay. I mean I can round that up to one oh two, thanks guys. But uh <laughs> I know that I know guys like to talk about easy velocity or like high effort guys. He is really just the easiest 100 you've ever seen in your life. He's literally, like, throwing darts out here. It's just like, it's already there. It's right there at you at 100. It is ridiculous to see. And uh, we had him on here because, you know, we had never talked about him beyond when he got promoted. Uh, he had a few, you know, interesting starts, some kind of rookie stuff. Everyone was worried because he had no swinging strikes coming into this week, which was kind of odd. Uh, got one against the Nationals and then uh, got, like, what? Six or seven against the, yeah. the Indians, something like that, and just looked utterly dominant. And it's, man, what an embarrassment of riches that bullpen is going to be if he turns out to be good there also. Now, when the, when you're like your number eight guy can go multi-innings shutout consistently, I mean, come on, I mean, come on, that's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, went, he was unhitable against Indian in the Indians in this uh, the doubleheader he, when he came in. He was just dominant. The sinker, you probably know, the 100 mile per hour sinker that just swinging this, but it was unbelievable. And this stat I had brought up from Parker on Twitter, most 98 uh, mile, 98 plus mile per hour pitches for the Twins since 2009, top three. Uh, Romero, Fernando Romero at 20, Ryan Presley at 35, and then Bruce Dargladderall with 54 already, and he's pitched in about five games, so obviously he's lighting up the gun consistently. And like no pitcher, Twins pitcher, ever has. That's pretty good to see. He's already set the Twins' all-time velocity record with 101.9. Talked about that earlier. But the swinging strikes, yeah. In his first 60 pitches, he had one swinging strike. And then yesterday, he threw 25 He threw 25 pitches, and he got six total swinging strikes. So, something's clicked, or, you know, he's calling his nerves, because the first five games were a bit shaky. And was he ready, I guess, you know. But obviously, the velocity will play, and if he can get the movement and the control, he... Against Cleveland, well, I mean, that, you know, he looks unstoppable out there. Certainly, I think,
1: uh, you know, granted, I'm like untrained eye, like Jackass doesn't know what he's talking about, but from watching him on uh, against Cleveland, it looked like his windup was a little bit different. I think he was actually pitching uh, with a full windup instead of from the stretch which he kind of was doing beforehand. So I, I don't know if that means anything, but I, and I don't know what specifically it was, but. For for whatever reason, it just seemed like his motion was cleaner. I don't know if it's a like cleaner, or smoother, or something like that. Uh, kind of just more in sync, and I don't know if that helped too. He's always he's had the command we've seen, which is you know rare from a guy that throws a hundred. But just uh, what, whatever it was that was uh, different. It seemed seemed to be working, so that was good.
0: Yeah, I mean, he obviously he'll be. He seems like he's going to be a pretty good pitcher someday up here. <laughs> hot take, but, yeah, I mean, if he's, what, like, 21 years old, just throwing uh, bullets, and he's already contributed in a, contributing in a potential hopeful title run here, playoff, you know, playoff run for sure, but, um, I mean, he, it was a question of whether he'd be on the playoff roster, but if he can continue pitching like he is right now, then, I mean, why not? Let's see what we got here keep it going.
1: I mean, they might not keep him on there just because it's like, all right, if he goes on, then who do you take off? That Seems to be the question. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of worthy candidates there. But, yeah. uh, a lot of, a lot of names, and all of them are good. All of them, like I was also going through. It's like, okay, so he throws 95. He throws 95. He throws 95. When was the last time we had like a, a modern twins bullpen? Where every, you know, minus Sergio Romo. Uh, shout out to Sergio, keeping it real at 86. Uh, We're like basically <laughs> every other guy is throwing heat. It's like it, it felt rare even just a few years ago, and now it's literally the norm. Now it's like okay, Trevor May is throwing ninety-seven. Yawn. Like they're joking about it. comes, Trevor May comes in after Gratterall, and he's just hitting 97 you They're like, oh, only ninety-seven? Come on, Trev. Well, what is this a charity case here? Come on, dude. So it's so it's refreshing certainly.
0: Yeah, May uh, May used to be the guy out there who'd come in and throw heat, you know, ninety-seven, ninety-eight. But that's nothing now. That's just regular bullpen duty. Sorry, Trevor. I mean, love you and all, but that's just
1: what you saying. Trev, that's not going to cut it. This not in 2019, Trev. That's a that's a change up dude. What are you doing? So I love it. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. We should. That would be an interesting thing. I know. I know we can't do it now because we just jumped it on it. But do an interesting uh, bullpen uh, ranking now. I you know, we did one a long time ago, and I had Ryan Harper up there, and mm-hmm. well, I got shit for that. I was probably wrong, but uh, it would be interesting. Interesting to do now. Maybe maybe that's a a, a Twitter question. Maybe.
0: Oh, I hope so. <laughs> That'd be cool. But anyway, yeah, good to see him out there doing well. Um, yeah, but that moves, you know, good news, of course, there, but moving on to some of the not so good news. Uh, Twins, uh, you know, sorry. Twin's, uh, one of the better players this year, potential first half MVP, you know, just out of how he contributes. Um, Byron Buxton, he's had shoulder surgery this past week and he was put on the 60 day IO. Done for the season. Looks like outfield will be held by Kepler, Rosario, uh, and whoever they want to put out there in the playoffs, you know, Gonzalez, Cave. But, yeah, that's a big hole to fill. And one that they've been doing pretty well lately, but, it's it, I mean, that's horrible to see him go down for the rest of the year. I was hoping early September we'd have him back, and now it's, you know, it'll leak into next year's spring training as well. So, I don't know.
1: Yeah, because uh, they were talking, it's not just this year, but they, his status for 2020 opening day is now in question. With a shoulder surgery, it'll take mm-hmm. about six months or so. And it's just, I, I don't think we can properly say just how unfortunate that is. And that, I mean, we, we all know Byron Buxton's impact. We've seen his numbers, uh, the Twins numbers, with and without him. And it's like, with him, they're one of the best teams in the American League. Without him, it's a little more – a little more so. And it's not even that guys like Cave and Marwin are bad. It's more so that Byron's effect is – it can't be replicated. It goes more than just on-field performance. And uh, unfortunate also because he was having – he was on pace to have the best year of his career in uh, 295 plate appearances. He had a 2.7 F war. Double that, you have about a normal year. And so double double that, he's about a five war player then, which is elite, uh, I think that put him in top five for center fielders, and we, I we already knew he had that potential. It was nice to see him show it. Just would have been even nicer if he could have stayed healthy and not get injured in a useless game against the Marlins of all teams. That was, uh,
0: uh-huh.
1: uh, yeah, yeah, in a game that they eventually lost, uh, of all things. So,
0: yeah, and of course, guess who was pitching? The ever great Sam Dyson. But
1: <laughs> that's
0: whatever. You know, he's just hurting the team. Well, we'll talk yeah, about would, that later. Uh, but. Yeah, I'm just kidding. But would, with Byron bucks and I saw this on Twitter, it was a discussion, would you, if, if his uh, agent or his team was willing to take this, would you sign into a five-year Kepler-Polanco type deal where you just, you know, pretty cheap for five years? I mean, his health obviously isn't guaranteed, and either this is play on the field, but is that something you'd do right now?
1: 100%, and I don't even think about it. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, it's obviously, I agree.
0: It was a discussion. But yeah. I didn't think there was much to it. I mean if you can get that, you absolutely do
1: that. A yeah, I don't I don't even think he agrees to that though. I think uh, yeah. if you want to sign him now, I believe he's pre arb still. Uh but if you want to sign him now, uh, for his dynamics, if you want a five year deal about Kepler and Polanco, you're probably looking more up around ra- around let me guess like sixty to seventy million and I I don't invas- I don't envision him taking that. I, I think he's going to hold out. He, I think he knows his value. I think everyone knows his value. The Twins are going to pull a quick one. So I love it. I just don't think, think it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, and the only leverage the Twins really have is to, you know, bargain that he hasn't played a full season. And he continues to get hurt, so maybe they'd say, you know, you might not get a bigger contract than this. But I'm willing to say he he's probably going to bet on himself, so. Yeah, I'm probably not gonna Then have he's gonna
1: good, in, in that argument. Then he's gonna pull up the J.K.'s graph page, and then they're gonna be like, "Okay, understandable. <laughs> okay, okay, you got us there." Yeah, whatever.
0: Well, then <laughs> I'll hold him. Alex Dierloff and Trevor Larnick. No, this yeah, thing. I'd much rather take so, Buxton for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll just move Kepler to center perpetually, and we'll figure it out from there. No, no, I like Buxton. I Keep yeah. Buxton. We got it, and it's it's. It's kind of the same thing with, that we've been talking about, you know, with Snow, where it's just like, just wait, just wait. I know the injury is frustrating, and I know all of that, but we've seen players be injured, injury prone earlier in their career, and then for whatever reason, it just tapers off. Whether they just play smarter, or their body grows into it, or whatever, it just it's happened. Uh, you know, we've talked about Paul Molitor. It happens. You know, Tory Hunter, Ken Griffey, although Griffey didn't really go, right, it didn't go away, but still had a Hall of Fame career. You know, it's just, be patient. I know it sucks, but you just don't, do not give up on talent. You never give up on talent like this, and just, just keep him around, and I promise everything will be fine eventually. And, I mean, this isn't related
0: to Buxton, really, but you mentioned Sano. I mean, I guess I'll ask the same question. If you were offered, if he was willing to take the five-year Kepler-Polanco deal, would you, you give it to him? Hmm,
1: that's a more interesting one. I th- I think I would say yes, even though I know it's more risky with him. Uh, just knowing how uh, bat first, you know, type of players like him can age, uh, so that's a bit more risky. But at the end of the day, like those kind of contracts, I think people don't realize just how little downside there is in those. Even if even if he just you know turns into a pumpkin the next year, what you're eating, uh, I don't know, sure. seven to ten mil. That is yeah. basically nothing. That is so basically nothing. So I I do that still. And then the upside is now you have a – I think he's on pace for three war. Now you have a three-to-four win player locked down in his prime for a few years, which uh, is worth a lot. So I think I do give it to Snow.
0: Yeah, the only question is, you know, where will we play? Will his defense hold up? I mean, I think it's clear as bats can play. I don't know. People will question if that can play long-term. But, I mean, I think it it can. And, as you said, the upside is much greater on – betting on betting on him to perform for seven to ten mil Then it is the downside if you hold out and you gotta pay him twenty three mil a year or something and So I mean if you can get it done, which I don't know if either side would, would, but this is just speculation. Yeah, I mean I'd take the chance.
1: Yeah, I would. I mean, if I'm being honest, I any twins young player that's worth anything, i I'm going up to them asking them that. It's like, hey, would you mind if we gave you uh well, was it 50 mil over five years? I I, I think I do that for These basically are, like just running on the line. I think yeah, 35.
0: Kepler yeah. was 35,
1: I think over five, and
0: Planku was 25. Mm. So I mean, that's yeah. that's cheap. That's nothing. <laughs> it was
1: it was ridiculous. They both uh, I think by uh, war per dollar have made up for it already, and oh, they still yeah. have four years left. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Although Blanco <laughs> I think, was more obvious. I was high on Kepler because I've been on him for a while. But he really then broke out and was like, "Okay, well, that was a good decision. <laughs> that was a a <laughs> really good decision, good god thing." So good to see. Always. I
0: actually got ten mil more than Polanco, so I was also a bit of a surprise at the time. But I mean, mm. you know, and it's not much, but yeah. And they both have yeah. two more like two options, so that's pretty good. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, it's really huge. Well, just having those contracts around what. That's gonna do for years down the years down the road when you're looking at other guys starting to hit arbitration. Uh, just knowing that you got to, you don't have to pay those guys a whole lot, having that in the bank, that's gonna that's gonna mean a lot. So moving on Overall, from a Buxton and Buxton general contract, so. contracts and whatnot. Uh we're gonna talk about Randy Dobnak, who of course made to start today on Sunday. Uh and I do have to issue an apology to Mr. Dobnak. I completely left him off my Twins Daily Starting Pitcher of the Year ballot uh, for minor leagues. I, again, I'm really not entirely sure how that happened. I Man, everyone had him either first or second, and then there's uh, Jackass McGee over here, who didn't even have him on the damn uh, list. <laughs> needed you both so was, uh, five. I Yeah, it was five. I, I voted for, let's see, off time, I had Bailey Ober, number one, Jordan Balazovic, number two, and then, oh, God, uh, I had Luis Rijo, number five, Johan Duran, number four, Cole Sands, number three. Okay. I know I jumped ahead and then did it backwards, so that's how my mind worked. So that's, <laughs> why I, that's how I had it. And then somehow Domnag just got missed in there. But uh, I have to apologize for that. And then beyond that, I was I wrote this down because I was watching him pitch today, and I, I, I really like him. I like how he pitches. I like what he's got. Uh, he... I think there's only, might have only been one earned run over the five innings. Might have been two. There's some errors there, and I don't feel like looking it up. But, by the way, he just went after Cleveland. Uh, he had a rough first inning, and then beyond that was just a strike-throwing machine, getting a lot of ground balls, getting some strikeouts in there, kid good, good movement on all of his pitches. And I I just like him. You feel, and he's thrown a ton of innings. I think like he has the capability to throw a ton of innings. I don't know if he'll ever be, like, a number one or number two, but if he's, like, an innings-eating number three type of deal, that's a – a lot of value there, so I'm a big fan of Dobnak. I hope he gets a lot of starts uh, down the stretch here I'm, I'm very interested in him.
0: Yeah, and speaking of starts, I mean I'm interested to see who it looks like they might take the route of giving either Thorpe or Dobnak um, like the fifth spot with Pentagon. So willing to see where they go there. They might do opener with either of them, or just give it to Dobnak and Thorpe. So, and I'm I'm high on both of them. I enjoy watching both Dobnak and Thorpe. And I mean, I think you are both a good part of the future. Dobnak coming up from uh, single A this season. I mean, that's just a really good story overall. And he's pitched well, you know, five innings. It was only water and run. Um, a lot of story four, okay. four errors, you know, just a messy game overall. But he, he's, pitched, he's pitched great. The mustache and everything. Just what a great guy. Don't doubt Ron, Ron, uh, Randy Dobnak. He's, he's elite. not really, but, you know, he's pretty good. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I I like him. Uh, now it's kind of interesting with the uh, – because uh, today on Sunday, Kyle Gibson came in in relief. I don't know what to make it of that. I don't know if that was just getting him his work because then they then push go to Rizzi. He'll pitch uh, in the next series uh, because he only threw two innings. So I don't know if it was like that being funky and they were kind of just uh, adjusting him to get working or whatnot. But if, the, if there's some sort of plan in there to move Gibson to the bullpen or limit his role uh, depending on how healthy he is and – well, performance also, but we're going to get into that a little bit. Uh, there may or may not be two open spots now in the rotation, uh, one for Dobnak and one for Thorpe or Smelter, or what have you. So uh, that'll, that'll be interesting to watch on the stretch. I, I like all of the arms to varying degrees, but I like all of them. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of doing that.
0: Yeah, Gibson coming out of the bullpen in a uh, to 2 game with two guys on. There's, I don't know what it was, but it was a close game, and I don't know. Yeah, two guys wrong. Gibson came in, uh, immediately gives up a three-run bomb to Roberto Perez to lose the lead against the team chasing in the division. I mean, I don't know if he was the only one available or (laughs) what the deal was there if they're prepping him for the playoffs, but if you're going to put him in the game as a reliever, don't start with that game. That's my only take. I mean, I just didn't understand it at all. It didn't make sense to me.
1: Again, I truly and honestly do not think the Twins gave any shits about that game. Whatsoever, yeah. I I really believe they honestly couldn't care what happened. They are like win or lose, Any, it doesn't matter. It, only reason. I I think so. It was it everything was like such a tune up in like every way. Just you know, all right, we're gonna ever get, get all the get everyone in the starting lineups and rest. We're gonna throw Dobnak. We're gonna throw Romero, Harper, kind of the third string of guys. And they were just like, whatever the outcome is, it happens. If we get a win, hey, that's nice. If we get a loss, cool. We're heading on to bigger and better things. So that was really all I can get out of it. I don't know. I, I still can't wrap my head around Gibby coming out, but that's a, that's a fun thing.
0: And yeah, I guess you're right about the Twins just literally not caring because, I mean, from the bench, you could have made a better lineup than the one they threw out the other day uh, it just looked that way anyway. Kepler, Garber, Cruz, Polanco, Castro—just um, you know the big five. Really, it's just something like the best players just chilling on the bench because Twins did not care. And Dobnek starting, they pushed Rios back. It's as you said, whatever they didn't care. So I guess just seeing what Jason yeah. can do in a tight game. I mean, I didn't
1: like it, but they—they they don't care at all. They—they <laughs> <laughs> they just didn't care, which is a. Uh... As a, as I said, that is, like, the, the biggest flex of all time. We're just, like, we literally do not give a shit about you guys or what happens here. So, that's,
0: that's, that's kind yeah, of neat. Imagine the Indians and in. just, like, looking at the lineup, and you're like, oh, they're, they don't, they're done. They're, they're done trying. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. That's losing like, games, the doubleheader. Lindor telling all of Twins territory that we know what's going to happen. All right, friends So, no.
1: This is, I, for as much as, uh, like, I, I understand making fun of them is ridiculous because, you know, they're, like, what, three-time division winners. They really set themselves <laughs> up for this, didn't they? They really yeah. talked themselves into this with everything <laughs> that's kind of gone on. Mm-hmm. They're like, I mean, I, I, as I've mentioned, comeuppance usually finds its way to, to get people, so I don't
0: know. It doesn't help that they're uh their main analyst or whatever is just the worst guy on Twitter when it comes to Twins, but Jensen Lewis or whatever. I mean, I follow him <laughs> now because I like getting really angry. But <laughs> winning it's oh, pretty good to make that guy mad. You need to knock all that hate out
1: in your life. You know, no, I, I need to follow, like, a...
0: more Indians accounts that just trash on the Twins all the time, and I get really mad whenever I see those tweets. I need to stop <laughs>
1: See, uh this is a complete aside, but I was thinking the same. Th- I was I was reading through stuff because a lot of the stuff is sometimes inevitable. Some of the stuff you see, I try to avoid it, but it happens. It's like people just like, mm-hmm. well, you know, the the Indians suffered injuries, and you know, they had this, that, and the other. They're like, we don't think the Twins are really that good. And it's like, how? What? What part of the 150 games that have been played so far has like not convinced you? And at the same time, what part of like you looking at? The Twins injury list and the Indians injury list makes you think that the Indians have like somehow been worse off than the Twins. I don't. It's it's excuses and I don't like excuses. I don't I don't buy any of that shit whatsoever. I'm sorry you had bad depth. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I that's that's really it. You can't. You, you needed better no. depth. That, that was it. I'm sorry. That's
0: it's your own yeah, fault. One of the another big thing is they're just, you know, just going off on us for having a cheating our way to the playoffs despite them uh, basically raising Manny Ramirez to uh, grow up in Cleveland. But hey, it's not my not my deal, but it's whatever, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't you have to go back to Manny Ramirez. What are the thoughts on Marlon Byrd? Do they remember that? Were they, uh, <laughs> yeah, what Abraham weren't they I cheering was, him on that he was good too? Weren't weren't they cheering him on during during that were they not? I don't know. It's,
0: I, oh, I stay away I mean, from that you know, stuff you know, just because,
1: I mean. well, you know, there's there's cheaters on every team, so it's like no one can really speak out. But I, I always find it yeah. ridiculous when people trying to get on their, like, holier than thou and all this. It's like uh, there is no team out there that doesn't have some sort of I mean, dark spot as far as players they've employed. It's just it, it happens. It's inevitable.
0: I'll tell you, every pitcher in Major League Baseball is probably doing something to, you know, hope their pitches own a little. I don't know if everything's considered cheating, but they're all doing something here.
1: <laughs> oh, c- certainly. It's but like the way managers talk about it. You can't even like avoid it. Where they're because like, when it when it's like so obvious, and then the managers don't have a they have like a completely subdued reaction. Everyone's like, well, why is that? It's like, well, because they know the weird shit their guys are doing. That's why
0: <laughs> they're not
1: gonna they're not gonna come out of here and like just like talk crap about it. Because then the other team's gonna be like, oh yeah. Really? You want to get in that fight? And yeah. it's kind of like this giant, this is weird, giant, unspoken, like we're all going to cheat thing. It's, it's kind of weird when you think about it, actually, but, I mean, uh, that's that's why I don't get involved in it. Cause it's like, well, who? literally, who among us? Oh, yeah. oh, so,
0: hey, Rocco, How's it, why has this guy been performing so well lately? Oh, well, he's putting pine tar on his fingers before he heads out. I mean, no other reasonable explanation, there, but no, he doesn't say that, of yeah. course, because... You know, everyone's doing something, but yeah,
1: yeah. So that's uh, that is the <laughs> Matt and Cooper cake regarding cheating in <laughs> baseball. It's a, not was I, I wasn't quite expecting it to go down that road, but uh, an interesting topic nonetheless. You Never know where we're gonna go, I guess. You really don't. This itinerary uh, means nothing. We've already gone off track like four times. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny actually, but moving, moving on the stuff we have written down. Uh, one of the moves that happened uh, with the Byron Buxton going on the 6-day IL that opens up a 49 spot. And who was called up? It was – Al. Oh, sorry, I misread that. It was Ronald Torres. <laughs> Ronald Torres this year, people. Uh, the middle infielder, he was, of course, I know uh, they picked him up earlier this year. He spent basically the entire time at AAA. And with the injury to Buxton, they called up Ronald Torres and uh, our Alex Kirilov, Predictions and theories uh, were laid to waste and pretty much uh, killed, thrown into the uh, the back of the truck, and buried. So he is – uh do not think he's getting called up, but since we have Ronald Torres up here, who I think left the game with an injury, so oh, – Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: he was uh, – I think he was actually the first free agent signing the Twins did this offseason. Krohn was – he was first, but he was a waiter, Clay – or he was – you know. He he was different. Uh, Ronald Torres, the first official free agent that was signed. And close the scope, but yes. And never kinda of went, Oh, wonder if this guy's gonna contribute and he he never heard his name after that until you know, came up just a few days ago. We said that without Killath, I don't we kinda of both agreed we it was pretty much unlikely he was gonna get called up and we'd know by you know his day of last week and he didn't and we got Ronald Torres, so his throwing arm from a uh, shortstop to first base really uh, makes me nervous every time it happens because it's not that great.
1: That's my take. Yeah, no. No, it is not. And uh, expecting Alex Kirilov and getting Ronald Torres is, is literally the exact same thing as getting socks on Christmas when you're expecting an Xbox. It, it is that to a T. <laughs> it's like, oh, here's really fun thing we'd like, and here's the boring thing that we ended up getting. So I... Yeah, like you said, we were not entirely surprised. I, I put the chances at Kierelock getting called up uh, somewhere between low and very low, but Ronald, right? They, he absolutely cannot get excited about that whatsoever. He kind of, he kind of just is what he is at this point. He's a spent what two full years with the Yankees, kind of their utility backup guy, and that's just what he's going to be. Although you are going to call him more now, probably uh, with the Harry Adrian's injury and. Maybe if he's not injured. Again, I actually don't know why he left the game. They never said anything. And I didn't see anything, which is kind of strange. But he's here, and he's going to get some playing time, especially uh, when there's a when there's a clinch and you have to send out the not hungover lineup the next day. I can guarantee you he's going to be in it. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, um, certainly a weird one. As you said, it's – Impossible to get excited, but you can you can try your hardest, I guess. But <laughs> you're just not going to get excited about Ronald Torres joining the team. It's not the biggest move, and you know he's here, not going to make the playoff roster or anything. He'll get in once in a while, especially with resting players, unless he's done all of a sudden. But yeah, nothing real hot or
1: exciting about it. So what are you going to do? Yeah sometimes it happens. Got to make boring moves. So went on to uh, another move. Actually, pretty pretty exciting move if you ask me. Uh, Jorge Alcala was uh, promoted out of the 40-man roster in preparation for the double bullpen game. I've, I've actually never pitched in the series; they didn't even need him. But in case they did need him, he was there. And in return, Marcos Diplan was DFA'd. Who? Yeah, you probably don't know. He was the other guy uh, acquired at the trade deadline. Yes, that guy. Who? Uh, he was. Uh, I believe he was DFA'd by the Brewers. The Twins uh, acquired him. Um, he had to be on the forty nine roster, so he was there kind of killing that double-A. And he didn't do anything but chill at double-A because he was then DFA'd by the Twins. And, uh, man, how do you get DFA'd on your day off? That's got to suck.
0: Yeah, imagine getting that call. Not, you know, not the greatest, obviously. But, anyway, was ever going to contribute this year? I mean, I don't know about the future, but Alcala definitely will. And he was called up. He was moved to the bullpen recently. We covered that probably three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I don't know. But in his 18 bullpen innings in the minor leagues, he has given up a total of two runs while striking out to 18. So, about a strike-up per inning down there, pretty much exactly. Only two runs given up total. He's been league in the bullpen, that's where he'll be pitching for the Twins down the stretch here. Has not pitched yet, despite being up here for the full Cleveland series. I was a bit surprised he didn't get in for either getting a doubleheader, but it was never really needed, I guess, so he will most likely against one of the teams like the White Sox or the Royals, where he can just be eased in. But good to have him and grab all up here. Two guys who will definitely be part of the future.
1: In some capacity, I believe so, yeah. He's a, he's an interesting guy. I'm still kind of holding out some hope that he can be a starter, but the numbers from swimming to the bullpen really do seem to lead him to down that path of reliever. But hey, we'll always take an extra good reliever. You can never have enough of those. So looking forward to whenever he comes in. I hope it's soon.
0: Yeah, I am yeah, that's about all we can say about him, I guess. I mean, not much more.
1: Yeah, it, 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 yeah really... Not high leverage,
0: by the way, but yeah.
1: Yeah, certainly not. I don't... And you asked the question, why did he never come into the Cleveland series? I think this never was a good time, because pretty much at every time, you know, the game was close in some capacity, so it's like, First game, obviously, the Twins had a two-run lead basically the entire day. You're never going to call in a guy for his major league debut in that kind of game. Second game, maybe, because they were behind for a little bit, but it was not that far, and Stacek and Gratterall made a lot of sense. And then uh, beyond that, then they took the lead, so, of course, you're never going to put him in. Put him in May for two innings, if that makes sense. Uh, that was the ultimate – I saw some people complain about that, like, why well, are you really going to waste May? But I, I, I like that move because Rocco just, like, hey, we saw with the Mets and Nationals, we saw that game when the Mets blew, like, a 100-point lead. So we are not going to go down that road. This is the ultimate, like, we're going to win this game, damn it, and we're not even going to, like, risk it. So I appreciated that. Their game, maybe, but uh, got some time for Romero, got some time for the questionable Gibson. I don't know. And then uh, – oh who was it, Ryan Harper to end the game, so it made sense there. It kind of just was never a good time. Maybe if there's a blowout or two coming up, we'll see him, but I don't think it made sense to me.
0: Well, going back to game three, I didn't even think about this. They put starting pitcher Kyle Gibson in ahead of him. I'm going to go back to this. That made no sense to me. you got to give Jorge Alcala a chance instead of Kyle, oh, I didn't, nope, I don't like that move. I mean, I guess I didn't care about the game, but in that case, put in Jorge Alcala. You got him up. He's a prospect. See what he can do in the bullpen. I don't know.
1: I, I really – I never saw an explanation, but I'd really like to know what the logic regarding that was. Because I can mm-hmm. – it's like, if, if one of those things if I squint, like, really hard on it and, like, think about it for a while, then maybe I could possibly see why they do that uh, beyond just, like, playing, like, five-dimensional galaxy brain chess. Like I really, I'm I'm not entirely sure. So, and I never heard an explanation from Rocco. So I would I would have liked to, but yeah, I yeah, I just don't know. I
0: it uh, it doesn't make and yeah, unless I get the explanation, I'm gonna continue on the road. That it makes it makes no sense. I mean, I would have loved to see That's Alcala in that final game. If you didn't care about the game, put in the prospect you just called up and see what he can do. I don't know, not the okay. starting pitcher who probably needs some rest because he can't feel his legs.
1: That's just okay. I think. That's a good point. I just don't know. So. Moving on yeah. to uh, Non still being confused about Kyle Gibson news. Uh, some good injury news, which, is, yeah, it's allowed surprisingly. Max uh, Kepler started again. He made his uh, return to the lineup in the doubleheader, played both games. Had a good game first game. I don't remember where he did the second game, so it must have been good. But it was nice to see him back. Miguel Sano returned to the lineup. Uh, he... First game, I don't, he actually got a walk in a head, I believe. And then second game, he, he did a little bit in the second game, uh, I think, off the top of my head. He might have hit a grand slam in there or, or something, I don't remember. Uh, Jake Cave also came back. He was hitting third today, Sunday. I actually really, that was good to see, in my opinion. I'd like to see the outfield back so we don't have to run with like the, every, with us, like the C-list outfield. So, did they see him back? He had two hits. Nelson Cruz returned in the lineup also. He had a solid series. Uh, home run. I think he had some other things, but I remember the the home run against Carrasco. That was a big one. Uh, and then we didn't talk about him, but Cal Gibson was back. He made his first start since being put on the IL against the Nationals. It was a disaster of a start, but he was still back. And of course, made the relief outing that we're still questioned about. So uh, both outings were just horrendous. So you're kind of like, I don't know, is he still her, Is he still like? Not feeling well to swing fast or is he just rusty because he's never had any minor league time? Because there, there are no minors right now, so that might have played a role, but they're back. That's that's good news.
0: Uh, yeah, Kepler, for me, uh, when he came back, I think it was second game he was back. I don't know if he was back for two even, but first or second game he was back. He was late in the game, didn't look like he was running well or swinging well at all. And, I mean, it, you know, I guess playing against Cleveland just because you kind of have to, and... I mean, you're fighting for the division here, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if these next this next whole series we don't really see Kepler much. I didn't think he looked good at the plates or running or anything really. He was battling it a lot. Nelson Cruz looked better, but also still a little banged up, which is annoying to see. But just the way it goes. Up Cave, good to have him back. He'll definitely be probably the fourth outfielder in the playoff uh, play, playoff roster. There's the word, uh, yeah. But Gibson. Uh, yeah, I mean, he could be the number. Th- it's scary, but he could be the number three starter in the playoffs. Which, oh, that I mean, they might just forfeit by that time. But you know, <laughs> if it comes down to it, he could be a game three starter. Him or Martin Perez. So, hope to see him get going. Hey,
1: that is a, that is going to trigger some nightmares to me tonight. Uh, game three starter Kyle Gibson or game three starter Martin Perez. It is a frightening statement. Just. Uh, to- Oh God, that is that is terrible. Now uh, now might be a good time. I shoot. Honestly, I I made that joke. It was like, all right, first game Brio, second game Motorizzy, third game Taylor Rogers until his arm falls off his body, and then beyond that, <laughs> just work from there. And that's
0: kind of what I'm leaning
1: towards. Uh, you know, I was going to say I think we should all uh, rescind our takes. Uh, we don't need we didn't need Madison Bumgarner or any other starting mm-hmm. pitcher. I think uh, I think we're fools, or, or as I like to say now, we're we're clowns of some sort. Some sort of clown meme. Um, that uh, that is looking incorrect. I think they could have used another starter or two. Yeah,
0: and of course hindsight's twenty twenty, but we we were really expecting Kyle Gibson. Well, of course at the time we did have a unsuspended Michael Pineda and a elite Jose Barrios and they all-star Jacob Arizzi, and then you know Kyle Gibson was pitching average, so we thought we could get by with these four guys, and everything is kind of turned upside down. A starter would have been nice to acquire, just someone like who Oakland got in ten or Even someone simple, I don't know, but they didn't. And here we go in the playoffs with Gibson and Perez.
1: Woo! It's uh, that's going to be uh, quite the gamble. Although we're all going to look silly when Kyle Gibson fires off seven scoreless in Yankee Stadium. You know, we're <laughs> really gonna, really gonna be. he'd be no, pitching he at home, sit. I think he'd be pitching at home there. Um, yeah. I yeah. think in this... Unless, you know, in that scenario, you go on the run field advantage. Yeah. Well, that was... But <laughs> man, if he, if Kyle Gibson does fire off seven in Yankee Stadium, some weird shit really just went down.
0: <laughs> Either Oda Rizzi is done for the year, or I don't know. It's scary, but... <sighs> <fighting legs up>. anyway, <laughs> but I I... I oh, good thing I have oh, no, no control over anything that can happen.
1: Oh, no. This is I, terrible.
0: You know, it's a... Uh, it's a good season when we're out here complaining about that we don't that our playoff rotation will be bad. <laughs> we're you know, we're gonna win in central division, but we're really mad that our playoff rotation isn't looking very good.
1: Good year. And we get I mean we gotta latch on to something. There's there's not too yeah, much sure. to complain it's about. Got to you gotta, you gotta do something. yeah, it's been a it's been a boring season where they've just uh, eviscerated basically every team they've seen. It's uh
0: terrible it. let's go back to twenty eleven
1: Let's go back to last year when uh, you really, you know, really got your at the you really grew some some man muscles watching Trevor Hildenberger blow saves in September. That was.
0: I least had Matt Belisle though.
1: Oh man, Matt Belisle! At least you had Matt Belisle when he changed his arm action. That was great. Sidearm Matt
0: Belisle. Mm, elite Matt Belisle. Let's go. Let's get him back. Now. No. he's retired. That's the only reason you shouldn't bring him back.
1: All, all I remember uh, about Matt Belial last year was he came in to pitch in the last game with the Joe Maurer uh, uh, playing his catches mm-hmm. the last time and immediately gave up a double to Yuan Mankata. And, <laughs> and granted, now, people forget about this. That was a one-run game at that point. That was like, uh, they might lose this game. And thank God Trevor May came in and closed it. But I I remember that distinctly. I'm like, that's such a Matt Belial thing to do. I can't believe this. He's about to ruin Joe Maurer's retirement. <laughs> uh, Thank goodness you didn't, but I I thought that was funny. But uh, (laughs) moving on, we got bad injury news, because, of course, we have to. Well, some good injury news. Uh, There's one good injury news, actually. Uh, First one, uh, Sam Dyson, oh, boy, uh, perpetually injured, perpetually uh, arm problems. Uh, Again, more arm problems, suffered a setback, and now there's questions whether he'll pitch at all this year, Uh, and that's – well, that's fun when you're uh, one of two pitching accusations at the deadline. Uh, doesn't pitch? That's uh, that's what you want, isn't it?
0: Oh, I've, I was never on the Sam Dyson train. You know, from the first couple outings, I wasn't. The, when they acquired him, I I was all in. I thought it was great. I mean, and then he did have about a week or two where he was, you know, he was he'd fit right in the middle of this bullpen. Then he got hurt again because he woke up and he couldn't feel his right arm, the one he uses to throw baseballs. Now it's (laughs) looking like he may not pitch again. So lost of a trade, and there's no real evidence for those who are wondering. Apparently there's no real evidence that the Twins will be able to go get back here. Jalen Davis or Kai Wei-Tang, two prospects who were looking real good all year. Now we got, uh, you know, we got San Jason. At least he'll be back next year if they decide to keep him around. I don't know. No, they'll keep
1: him around. He's, you know, we've seen him, or at least uh, we have evidence when he was with the Giants that he was good, went healthy. It's just that stipulation. You just got to get him healthy. If that means uh, keeping him out the rest of the year and just, you know, having him only in 2020, then sure, that is – it kind of is what it is at this point. You got to play with the the cards you were dealt. Uh, Although, I I, I do find it funny everyone's complaining about that trade, yet – no one can actually name to me all three prospects that were traded in that deal. And, uh, you know. Perlander, I, Perlander uh,
0: Prelander, Prelander Barrera, yeah. Prelowa.
1: Yeah,
0: see, yeah, I, I got
1: it. Of course. There you go. You got the last one. Kyrae Tang and Jalen Davis. Everyone wanted Jalen Davis back despite the fact that they have a full outfield and have absolutely no room for him, which is think Kyrae Tang,
0: that guy was elite in
1: single way. No, I'm I'm with you on that one. I just saw a lot of Jalen Davis. I'm like, what, for the two days they would have used him? Are you kidding me? <laughs> he's got no future. I don't know, Yeah, definitely.
0: I'm a real play.
1: Yeah, go to San Francisco. It's better for him. I'm I'm somewhat indifferent to it. I thought they didn't give up too much, and they got back a, a solid reliever. I'm sorry. It, it definitely sucks that he's injured, and he didn't tell anyone when he was injured until after he was traded, and it sucked, <laughs> but... What can you do? Not really much. But the Giants didn't know, and it wasn't malicious, so.
0: Yeah. I mean, if they didn't have evidence of it, there's nothing you can do. Really. Apparently, he never told them, even though he's had been suffering with this for his whole career, so I don't know what the deal is. But, it, you know, it kind of screwed over the Twins because they traded for him. But, you know, that's not great. Not great. Well, not no. good. Not, not even – it's
1: nothing. <laughs> it's not even mediocre. It's just bad. Yeah. It's just, just bad. bad. But uh, something that's uh, yeah. slightly good, Marwin Gonzalez, he's been out for a while. Now, uh, he did take batting practice today. He's been taking – he's doing general baseball activities, uh, some minor stuff. I think this might be the first batting practice he's taken since the injury. It would be really, really nice to get him back just because he can play everything well and uh, his bat is passable a uh, very valuable player, I think, especially in the postseason, so it would be nice to get him back. Uh, still no timeline regarding that, but I imagine somewhat soon if he's taking BP and everything seems fine, so looking forward to that. And the final injury news, uh, Ari adrianza left the, one of the games against the Nationals earlier. Due to uh oblique strain, which is unfortunate. Uh, weird enough, he didn't originally make the trip to Cleveland because he was getting work done or whatever, and it sounded like he was going to be out for the year, but then he eventually made the trip to Cleveland and evidently there's some hope that he can come back, which would be nice. Uh, he can play a great shortstop and his bats been pretty good this year. So it'd be nice to have him back also.
0: Yeah. Uh, with Marwin, obviously one of the more valuable players on the twins, just versatility and ability to hit the baseball really hard. Um, yeah. Getting him back should be soon. I wouldn't expect him to rush it whatsoever. Um, Expect him back, you know, soon, but they really don't need him now. So, as I said, they'll take their time. Same thing with Adrianza. I'd expect they waited out because they've got, they've got the players to not. But it also sounds like with Adrianza, according to reports, that he'd be out until the playoffs and no guarantee he'd be back for them either. So, I don't know the whole ordeal. And, I mean, I think they got the guys to maintain the division lead without a doubt. So,
1: no dig. Yeah.
0: Get him back. Rushed.
1: Yeah, they're basically just like, uh, it's kind of, it's just bonus. If you can get it, it's nice and lovely, but, um they can, they can do without them, but you'd like to have them. You really would, so. Mm-hmm. Nice to see that. Uh, well, now we got fan questions. Again, you guys, uh, knocked it out of the park. Again, we got a lot of questions. We did have, remember that one time we didn't have any questions? That was fun. So, oh, that was a sad day. That <laughs> was a rough time now when people have questions to ask, so. Let's see. We got a we got a few of them to talk about. Uh, let's go with the. I guess we'll talk about this. So Cody Perkle uh, – I hope I said that correctly. Sorry, if I didn't. Uh, asked how much would Giddy have to pay the Twins to come back next year? <laughs> Which, uh, well, it's a it's a it's a mean comment in spirit. However, I understand what you're getting at. Basically, is well, what's Kyle Gibson's future with the Twins? Is there even any? At this point, I I really don't know actually because I. I have a hard time judging his 2019 with all of the uh, injuries – well, not, not even injuries, but just the health issues he's had. But then the same kind of question gets begged, well, is he ever, Is he going to get better from him? Is, is 2020 going to be any different? And I, I really don't know. I don't know the answer to that. He's on the wrong side of 30, so, you, you know, his resilience might not be there. And, well, his 2019 has just not been good, so I – I don't know. I if I had to make a prediction now, I don't think Kyle Gibson is coming with the Twins in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. I don't think he will.
0: Yeah, it, I liked him a lot coming into the year. Actually, he was actually last year a better, probably the Twins' number one pitcher in a down year, and gave us a lot of hope coming into this that you know maybe he'd be able to continue that and be a good pitcher on this hopeful playoff team. But all season he's been dealing with the uh, sickness and type of injuries and. It hasn't so far. The production has not come back. So, I don't expect him back either. Unless something changes and you can go pull out a Nathan post postseason, they just have to bring him back for really expensive. But either, either way, I don't I don't know.
1: I don't think so. Yeah. I Yeah, I don't think so either. It really sucks. And not only that, uh, what, it's fine. I've seen a lot of people complain about how he's pitched this year, and, you know, it's fine. I think, I think he's deserved a fair amount of criticism. I... I just get annoyed when people say that he's always been bad or whatnot. He's legit right now, at all time in Twins history, he's the 28th best starting pitcher by a four. He is literally a top 30 Twins starting pitcher in their history, and yet people just incentively shit on him every day. All time, so he's never been good, and I really, I really disagree with that. I, I think he's never gotten a fair shake. I think he's been a perfectly fine to even uh, above average to great starting pitcher at some times. It's just caught him at a wrong time where he just happened to not be performing well. And it's unfortunate to see for me. I, I can never, like, crap on him too much. I, I have a lot of respect for him.
0: Yeah, me too. He was one of my favorite, I mean, just favorite tens players coming into the season to do well, as I said. But, I mean, he hasn't performed, obviously, but last year he was really good. And a lot of that is probably due just to he was on this team from the early 2010, 2011s to the – now he was there throughout the, you know, horrible just decade for uh, Quinn's baseball, and he's still here. So that's you know he's just associated with those bad years. And he had some, to be fair, he did have some awful years, but he has had a couple good years to cancel those out and give us hope for the 2019, which didn't hasn't turned out well so far. But he could step it up. I mean, he's yeah. not. It's, I don't know. It's just you know he he was gonna be good and. And injuries got to him. So yeah, let's see.
1: 2014, he put up 2.7 four. 2015, 2.8. Had two down years. 2016, 1.3. 2017, 1.0. Last year, 2.6. And even this year is down year. 2.7. His peripherals do say he's better than his ERA, but at this point, I don't know how much I believe that. But at the end of the day, you know, four above average years for a starter—that's rare. Actually, you know, that's not something that just grows on trees. So I really, I really don't like it. Um, when I see just him taking a lot of heat, I I don't think it's deserved.
0: Yeah, yeah, we can both agree there. He's hasn't been bad his whole career, and,
1: yeah, he'll get a hopefully he'll get a yeah. nice deal this offseason or something. Hope I I I think someone will bring him in, and you know I I think he still will pitch well if if he uh, recovers from um his his health if his health ever gets better so. Mm-hmm. I do think you will. And then I can be like, hey, I told you he was good. You guys are just <laughs> assholes. So, moving on, next question. Uh, let's go with Faith's question. What do you think of Rocco giving some playing time to the guys who don't get as much after you're sweeping the doubleheader? Uh, I mentioned four. I absolutely love it. I, it really, and, and not only just because uh, you can give people a break in, I don't want to say a game that didn't mean as much, but uh, it, it's hard to find games that don't mean as much where you can get, guys playing time, but it felt like a good time to do that, especially after doubleheader. Not only that, but just, like, watching the the backups of the backups push the Cleveland Indians to fight as much as they had to to win that game was actually kind of funny to me. I really thought, like, Roberto Perez with the three-on-home run, and I was indifferent. So I was like, okay, great, we weren't even trying. Congrats. It was kind of like kind of like one of those situations. Yeah, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm with
0: you a little. I mean, I didn't care when I saw the line lineup and it was kind of funny. Just show Cleveland. It's over. Just pack it in. This is no Sunday lineup. Just a regular game for us. We don't care. We know we're winning the division. So, Rocco said in his post game yesterday, he was like, "Yeah, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna openly admit that we win the division. It's game by game here. Got to put our best effort out every game." And then he went and sent out J.K. batting third, just you know, as if we're supposed to believe him after he does that. Come on now. not <laughs> it? It's you know, it's it's
1: all all up to me. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> We I don't know. I take, take no issues with that. So, uh, Moving on, next question. Uh, proud man with a book at That's Kepi. Uh, do you think the Twins' postseason roster is locked up, or do you think guys like Gratterall or Wade could play their way into a spot? Uh, we've talked about this uh, before, the playoff roster. It's kind of what everyone's going towards moving towards right now. Uh, the one thing is you will be looking at a slightly bigger bullpen because they're not going to carry five starters. They might only ca- they'll probably only carry four. I don't know what you do with, like, say, Perez or Gibson. I think they're going to work that out. but So there might be an open spot or two in the bullpen, which is why we're seeing, like, Grotterall hype. I think we've mentioned it before. I think uh, the two guys we agreed on were Grotterall and Littell as far as potential guys in the postseason roster. I still think Ian Miller has an outside chance as a pinch runner, uh, defensive replacement type, uh, depending on how – kind of also depends on how, like, Gary Adrianza and Marwin Dawes on their health, but – uh those are really the three guys the only three guys I see have any chance that isn't a regular in my opinion.
0: I mean, for me, Bruce Gretel, I think he's a lock for the playoff open I mean with Sam Dyson potentially not even gonna be in there right now you got duffy uh you got matttell i think he's i think he's in you got lael duffy yeah. Rogers, Romo, uh and may may, but but after that it's. You would take your pick, you know, maybe Spacek or Meltzer, Thorpe, but then you get to Boozard like Gratterall, and how can you not with three three spots open potentially? I mean, I think definitely he's in there.
1: Well, I think if every if he continues to do like what he did in Cleveland and he shows he, he is ready, then, yeah, I'm all for it.
0: I think it might
1: be a little too early to press the, the hype, you know, going all in on Gratterall. Right now, at this moment, I know I'm going to sound like a crazy person. I would have Cody Stashak in my playoff bullpen before him just because has been doing it for longer than he has. But ask me again in four series, and then my answer will probably change.
0: Well, even so, right now, I mean, you got Stashak, but that leaves two spots open. You know, are you taking Thorpe and and Smeltzer over him? I mean, although maybe only one spot, I guess. No, I'd say you got eight, an eight man bullpen with. Four starters. That makes sense. You might even have look, an extra bullpen guy with four starters. Okay.
1: Look, you're, you're asking me thinking, to do math right now, and this is not going to work out. Yeah,
0: I'm also just trying to do this. It's really confusing.
1: We'll do this next week. It, we'll set it up really nicely. So it sounds better. Yeah. It's actually really hard to like think of it in your head without having a spreadsheet of some sort. You need to like write it down. I I absolutely cannot do it off the top of head. But maybe if I take a sit down, like look down and really comb through, maybe my answer changes. But uh, you know, off the top of my head, that's, that's kind of what I'm going with.
0: Yeah. Any, anyway, I just disagree, because I think he's an absolute lock, but anyway,
1: that's fair. <laughs> All right, so, uh, next question, we've kind of already talked about this, we'll just give, like, some quick opinions on it. Uh, Carl at Prime Keraloff asks, what do you guys think the rotation will look like next year? And I know we've answered this in a previous episode, how previous, I could not tell you, but we definitely given some thoughts, I want to say it was two episodes ago. Uh, I guess my, my quick answer is uh, it's going to be a whole lot different. Uh, I think it will be some mix. Uh, so, Barrios, I do not believe they pick up the option on Perez. Uh, I think, actually, we do see a Pineda extension, even with the uh, suspension, that actually might give them some more leverage, might get them a bit more cheap. So, I, I think they bring back Pineda. Honestly, I, I let uh, Kyle Gibson and Odorizzi walk, and then – Beyond that, uh, do some mix and match of trades, free agents, and uh, guys like Thorpe and Dobnak So that's, that's
0: kind of my quick answer. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's going to be Barrios, free agent signing, late acquisition. I mean, that's what I would hope anyway, and then a mix of either, you know, Michael Pineda and Jay Rizzi or just one of them, and then a prospect that you named. I mean, I'm hoping to, right. kinda hoping to see Pineda back. That's for a different day, we didn't write it down, but we can talk about that some other time, but Oderizzy, oh, I don't Maybe he's coming back, but I think he gets a pretty nice deal. One that the twins <laughs> might not be willing to pay with starters they got upcoming and money to be spent elsewhere on the rotation, so. Pineda, and then uh, guy in the minors, like door.
1: Yeah, I man, I I go back and forth on Jake because you look at his ERAs and your peripherals and you know the and you're like, okay, is that a pretty good year? But just what really kind of is backbreaking is just the lack of ability to go deep in a ballgame. And I know that everyone does that nowadays. It's rare to find a starter that does, but with him, it's it's five and uh, it's five and gone every time. Five innings, you get through the lineup twice, and the third time they'll just destroy him, and it always puts depending on a tough spot, no matter how good the ERA and peripheral numbers. The wild thing to me, actually, I think he missed. he's only missed one or two starts this year. He does not have enough innings to qualify. He does not have enough qualified innings, despite only missing, like, one or two starts. He only has, like, 140 or something up. It's actually kind of ridiculous just how little innings he pitches. So I'm like, I don't know. And it fits perfectly with what I mentioned before. It's like, the upside of starters, he just doesn't have any. I think, like, seven is his absolute max. He's never – the day Jake Odorizzi throws a complete game is the day that uh, hell freezes over, pigs are flying, and Packer fans aren't obnoxious. You know, it's just not going to happen.
0: Yeah, that's – yeah, definitely a good point. I mean, I I agree. Odorizzi, he's, as you said, no upside. He's going to go five innings. He's going to give up three earned runs. He's going to strike out five maybe four even six, who knows. But he's going to be pretty average all the time. And that's about all you're going to get out of him. should not expect much more. And he's going to
1: throw 70 high fastballs or some along the lines of that.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: So there's that. Uh, let's see. <laughs> let's go to this question. I'm a big fan of this question from Carl Gossman. Oh, why does Cooper hate advanced stats? Why do you hate advanced stats, Cooper? What's wrong with you?
0: What's wrong with them? You're trying to hit me with these things called thick or... Um, know, stats with a plus or minus at the end. I don't know what any of those are. I mean, why can't they just... I, I don't I don't hate advanced stats. I can't even play the cards. I don't even
1: know how to be Jack
0: Morris. I, I try,
1: but I can't do it. <laughs> you can't. So, but what, what's wrong with Sierra? You don't like WRC Plus? I mean, what? what's your issue? The only thing is, these are my weird,
0: favorite things to use. <laughs> you can't even do it.
1: All right, well, damn, we couldn't... That was uh, obviously... <laughs> Obviously uh, our, both of our homies, Carl Gosman, Good question there. Although you really do hate advanced stats, so well that that's <laughs> word that no. He does hate it. It don't let him lie to you. And that's uh that's one of the serious questions. I did have a, a Joe question, Jonathan Mastiller. has the cruise Bomba from earlier this week landed yet? Uh the answer of course is no. It's silly. Of course it hasn't landed yet. It'll land in about a week, so I don't even know why I answered that question. It was it was obvious, but
0: moving on. The only joke about that question is thinking it may have landed.
1: of course, yes. I mean, come on. This guy's, this guy's <laughs> kind of silly, but uh, moving on, the, the question we ask every week somehow still gives us content. I really don't know how. Uh, did Martin Perez do his job? And this one is a resounding hell no because he got absolutely obliterated mm-hmm. by the Washington yeah. Nationals.
0: Was <laughs> well, that – you're not even going to let me uh, answer this week if you did it, because, I mean, uh, the answer could be – I am chance.
1: not – If you really cannot even twist this one in a, in a good way. You absolutely cannot. No, I, I, I'm just kidding. He did horrible.
0: And your theory of <laughs> he never has more strikeouts than walks? Oh, well, he had four strikeouts, three walks, and he had a horrible game. Maybe he just shouldn't
1: strike people out. I don't know if that's <laughs> the key.
0: <laughs> Maybe –
1: Maybe that's the play. Just never strike anyone out. Why are you even trying? <laughs> maybe maybe that is. I don't know. It's just, yeah, with with him, we know what we're getting. He is what he is. Just Again, that's why I'm like, I'm not picking up this option at this point. I'm I'm done. We
0: don't know what he's getting. I mean, it's like for the last month now, it's just been, either pretty good start and then awful start. You know, pretty good start, awful. Oh, it's, I don't know, I mean, obviously, you're expecting awful at this point, but you could. I'm still, you know, just a mess with you. I'm going to keep going on Martine Perez, but I I don't think Fine. he's be good, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I, I, you know, maybe I, I know
1: you say that. I know you say that, but it's like every start, the peripherals are basically the same. It's whether or not he gets the, the tasty Babbitt block. That depends on it. Going back to, let's see, uh, against the Kansas City Royals, August 2nd. I'm going from every start from here on out. 9.815, oh. 8.715, 4.21, 4.81, 2.05. That was the one good start against Detroit. Of course, the one we saw. It's funny how we're saying it. Uh, then 7.34 against Detroit again, 6.85, or 6.05, my bad, and 6.01. Uh, without fail, it's all above, with, that, with the exception of that one start, it's all 4.21 or higher. And then the ERAs vary a lot. We go from 0 to 3 to 1.5 and so on. But the peripherals are like, no, 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 no. He is who he is. Do not be fooled. He is. He has not gotten any better. He is continuously, frighteningly mediocre.
0: And it's hilarious. Because
1: <laughs> and, you
0: know, he could go out and he could throw five innings and give up two runs and we get to do this, seg- this exact segment. You know, we could just copy and paste a weekly segment of this in and no one would know the difference because it's just bi-weekly. It's completely different every time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, every other week. Okay. I go back two that's weeks and take that clip
1: and post it on this one. It's, it's the same thing.
0: Yeah. Maybe that's what we did. Yes. I, mean, I
1: didn't have any idea. And Frank. Well, well, yeah, of course that's what we did because we're lazy, but no one has noticed it yet. So. <laughs> uh, moving on to, unfortunately... Uh no minor league or prospect talk of any sort because uh the minor league's over, Pensacola lost, uh Cedar Rapids Colonels lost uh in the playoffs, so there's nothing nothing to talk about regarding that. I guess actually that's kind of like the so Arizona Fall League starting. That's it. I believe that starts either this week or next week. The twins do have they're sending Royce Lewis and some other guy, Dakota Chalmers, that's it off the top of my head. Alistair Karloff was supposed to go, but was actually taken off the roster, which is intriguing. I don't know if they're nursing an injury of some sort or some other reason, but I just thought it of off the top of my head. The Arizona Fall League, through such a prospect nerd that you follow that, then uh, you can be hyped with me as well. Yeah,
0: I mean, I mean, uh, I, I, you know, I might just because I have to do this podcast thing now. Well, I guess I'll follow along with that. Why not? Well, the thing is, you don't have to, because I will for you. Yeah, but then when you say something about a prospect and I don't even know what's going on, it's like, yeah, uh, here's his season stats, I guess.
1: Maybe I'll take attention. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I will tell you, at one point last year, I was so starved for, like, Twins-related baseball of any sort, I literally sat down and watched, like, the Arizona Fall League Finals or whatever, just so I could see Travis Blankenhorn play. That's how starved I was <laughs> at that point. I was like, give me something. He didn't even get a hit in the game, I don't Man. think, and I still watched it and sat down there for like two and a half hours. Had to reevaluate my life afterwards. But I'm impressed. Hey, hey you, you got to be dedicated to the cause or something like that. I don't know. But there's that, so keep in mind that. Uh, Twins Daily will be covering that. Uh, I won't be, but Steve Line will be, so... Keep that in mind. If that does interest you, we'll be covering it. So moving on to the upcoming week, next two series, they'll host Chicago White Sox and then host the Kansas City Royals, the last regular season home stand of the year. So that, then they go on the road for two series, and then that'll be it for the regular season. So they'll be hosting the White Sox. It starts Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. First game will be Jose Brios versus Ronaldo Lopez. Second game, Martin Perez versus Lucas Giolito. Oh, that's disgusting. And then third game, Jacob Rizzi versus Dylan Covey. So uh, Giolito's nasty. Lopez has pitched really well recently also, so those might be some some tough games there. I I wouldn't necessarily say that they're going to roll over and die on those ones. Yeah, I
0: mean, I guess not. It's the White Sox, the Twins have played – fairly well against Mr. going eleven and five, which is well, very good. And if you needed any more confidence in the twins playing this easy schedule for the rest of the way. The twins are fifty nine and twenty one, seven thirty eight winning percentage against teams under five hundred this year. That is first in baseball. Against the White Sox, eleven and five. Royals nine and three. And Detroit eleven and five. So a lot of confidence going in there. I mean I'm sure you heard that the easy schedule, but just ask back it up. So
1: and There you the go. Teams. Good numbers. Big numbers. Uh, so after that, they'll be hosting the Royals for a four-game series. Uh, so I, we don't have probable pitchers for that right now. It'll be interesting to see how they play that. But uh, I will say on the Kansas City side, the one starter they had that was uh, you really was kind of worried about uh, was uh, Brad Keller, and he's been shut down for the rest of the year, which I think is notable because I think uh, is that actually the last series against the Royals. Or is the final one? Uh, I think, they, I mean, play the they, I think they play the Royals again. I think they play the Royals year. Yeah, they do. So they'll play two more series against the Royals, and the Royals will have no starter outside Brad Keller, and he was really their only starter worth anything. So somehow they're going to be even, like, more beatable. So I think that's notable.
0: <sighs> yeah, I mean, the Royals lost their only competent starter. It, it's just what are you doing at this point, I guess. And you get the series yeah. preview
1: that? How lucky! I get the series preview both of those two Kansas City Royals back to back. Oh, great! Cannot wait to step <laughs> on my eyes. Oh my god, I I'm I, I like writing those series previews, but this is now like the third or fourth time where I've gotten two teams in a row, and nothing annoys me more than that because there's only so yeah. much you can like write about a team. We're just like, I already mentioned this shit last week. I I honestly cannot find anything else, especially with the bad teams. you're like, wow, here are other ways in which they suck. It's like, cool, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, especially when two weeks in a row you have to write the column or the uh, segment what they do well. Do you have to do two different things, or can you just say the same
1: thing? Uh, Well, there's actually no, like, parameters regarding that. In fact, I invented that really. So, and then they kind of set it in motion. I just kind of play it by ear. I try to do two things. It, it really depends on the team. If it's like Cleveland, like I mentioned, where you know they're a better team, I have more stuff to work with. Then yeah, I can go a little bit more ham. But with bad teams, man, some of those, yeah, I, I really struggle. I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean,
0: reading those, is, I mean, just for the Royals, is just kind of tough sometimes. Cause- you know, they, they do nothing well. I mean, they run, but barely.
1: That's really it. They, they have good speed and good defense. And that is those are really like, the two most boring things to write about. So, yeah, we <laughs> yeah. be looking forward to that one. But uh, I believe we have now hit the uh, promote ourselves segment of the podcast. It's now getting close to the end. I will be previewing that, as you just mentioned, the Cam City series. I will be having no minor league report because there's no minor league to talk about, unfortunately. That is all that is planned for me this week. And off the top of my head, I don't have any other article ideas. So just that, really, for me. Uh, What about you? Wednesday,
0: I'll have something, as always. I have no clue what that really will be yet. But, you know, I'll get there. I'll check that out on Wednesday. Leave a comment saying the Twins have not secured the division yet. After I put it in the first sentence, like I always do, and then um Sunday <laughs> uh, I will have the game recap for the Kansas City Royals game. That hopefully the Twins win. Otherwise, what are we doing here? But yeah, sounds
1: good. All right, all right, good stuff, good stuff. Look forward to it. Ooh, the Eagle! Oh my God! All oh, the Falcons are so bad. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Wait, <are you> <laughs> uh, what happened? It was fourth and forever, and they just gave up a first down with one minute left. Oh,
0: I'm following oh, it. Oh, no. I have Wentz and Fantasy.
1: Oh, no. This is getting really dramatic. Nice. Oh, I just this won is, my lead. Wow. Oh, did you win the game? Oh, no. It's, it's a different league. Don't worry. Oh, okay. Just fucks on us like that. All right. <laughs> well... Well, oh, I guess, uh, as the Falcons are choking, there's no better time than to wrap this up uh There's another great episode somehow made it to sixteen full episodes without killing each other, which is i i actually that's impressive in and of itself in my opinion, yeah, I mean
0: kind of kind of weird we just get more agreeable or, i did I did say I disagreed with you today, but it was something very tiny and you will probably yeah. be have you look at
1: bullpen. But, yeah,
0: <laughs> anyway.
1: <No>. yeah, <laughs> All right. Yeah, that was the most respectful disagree. You literally were just like, all right, well, I understand that, so I'm not going to say I'm like, okay, yeah. well, that's as it's much as we're ever going to get into. It is, that it. is the equivalent of us, like, punching each other, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> like, that. that oh. is really as severe as it ever gets.
0: Like me punching you, but then giving you the Band-Aid to help you heal.
1: Yeah. And coming back to like, to, like, a glass of water, some aspirin, you're just like, hey, man, I'm, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I, I shouldn't um, have done that. That's my fault. It's, uh, fun stuff. Although, it's also now 16 episodes, and you still don't know how to end one of these damn things. So, that's also kind of impressive. Yeah. Our intros but, uh, and our endings are weirdest parts of this, but it's all good it's all good well the intro's fun because I have I'm so full of life and energy then, and then just as the hour and a half goes by I just slowly lose it like a a, well never mind I was about to make a really bad joke so I'm just going to not let's end on a good note and not make bad jokes so great episode great talking and look forward to next next week potentially we could be talking about the AL Central Champion it's that close right now. I don't I don't think it's gonna happen, but it could actually happen this week.
0: Yeah, I mean I've had it done since May, but anyway, yeah. Good episode and <laughs> see you next week.
1: Yeah. See ya.